Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Level Ground Podcast. I'm your host, Grayson Seegers. It is good to be back with you here today on this beautiful Thursday, and um, we're just going to kind of get right into it today. Uh, start straight with the housekeeping and uh, maybe and and get this out of the way just in case we forget later. Um, don't forget to to find us on Facebook at the Level Ground Podcast. Don't forget to. Uh, follow us on Instagram, levelground.22. I know right now we're not posting a whole lot except for when the new episodes upload. They're going straight to Facebook. But uh, if it gets to the point where, where we have 500 followers, and uh, we're going to do a uh, frequent ask Q&A, and, and we're going to leave it up to you. You get to choose the episode. So when the Facebook gets up to 500 followers, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to basically put the post on Facebook and say, hey, look, What's the question that you've always had? And then you as the listener and you that follow Facebook are going to go onto the Facebook and you're going to like and respond to the comments that are left and the questions that are left. The top five questions uh, that get reacted to, whether they get commented back on or whether they get liked or whatever, uh, those top five questions are going to be put into a Q&A and we've actually got a special guest that's going to come and help us with that. So if you want a top five Q&A, then jump in here and and help us grow, help us uh, uh, grow the podcast just a little bit. Also, with that, uh, don't forget to reach out to us by email to levelgroundpodpod22 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and also, be just be praying and, and uh, be ready. We've got some huge things coming up for you guys. We're going to get into, um, we've got some uh, guests coming in, and we're going to uh, get into some things uh regarding anxiety, depression, and doubt. We're going to get into um, maybe a little bit of uh, church strife and when trouble comes to the church, how do we respond to it and how do we uh, how do we work with it? And we've got a special guest coming on for that. Um, we've even got a special guest coming on to help us talk about creation and evolution together. So if you want to hear any of these things and you're excited, get the word out, spread the word, um, and we'll be for... Uh, be sure to let you know when these things are getting ready to come on so that you can prepare yourself and you can be uh, waiting and excited. But nevertheless, we wanted to announce that to you, let you know. And don't forget, if you need a copy of the Word of God, we want to get you a copy of the Word of God. We we don't want you to go without a Bible. So, um, so if you need a Bible, reach out to us. We'll send you a copy of God's Holy Word. And, and also, if you're listening to this and you have a copy, you are a Christian, but you know somebody who's not a Christian, you know somebody who uh, has questions, you know somebody who um, needs a touch from the Lord, whatever it may be, send the podcast to them. Uh, maybe they'll get some help from this, but if not, maybe they'll reach out and and they'll have some questions. We can cover them at a later date, but we've got some huge things planned, some exciting things planned, and we're just going to try our best to... Uh, bring the best content we can for you, the listener, um, and also maybe switch it up a little bit from time to time. That way you don't get tired of listening to me talk. Um, but I love you guys, and I, I want to try my best to do what I can to help you guys, whoever you are, wherever you're from. And today we're going uh, to get into the episode, and we're going to try to look at, uh, at some things regarding the promises of God and regarding the covenants God has made with man. And and some things we're going to get deep in, some things we're just going to skim over, but maybe you'll enjoy it. And this is actually going to lead up to a three-part series, and uh, maybe it's going to help us 
to learn uh, some things that we have uh, done in the church, and it's going to help us to uh, maybe get to the next level of our walk with God, because I know when I started studying these things uh, for me years ago, they helped me then, and I want to pass on that knowledge to you. Um, but first, I want us to look at the word covenant. The word covenant is a mutual consent or agreement of two or more persons to do or to forbear some act or thing. It's a contract, a stipulation. A covenant is created by deed in writing, sealed and executed, or it may be implied in the contract. It also means to grant or to promise by covenant. Now, I know that the word covenant is a little bit of an outdated word, so to speak. There ain't many of us use the word covenant. That we don't say, I've made a covenant with somebody. Um, there's many times, and unless you go to church, churches where you'll hear the word covenant. But in our daily walk and in our daily life, I, I don't look at somebody and say, hey, I'm going to make a covenant with you, and I'm going uh, I'm gonna put this down uh, between me and you. We're going to make a covenant. That, that seems something that has went away here closer to the 21st century in the year 2023. It's kind of uh, fizzled out a little bit. And, but honestly, modern covenants are made quite frequently. Um, the, the covenants that we have made or we do make, we make very frequently. We just may not necessarily call them covenants. And, and though some of those covenants... Are, are things along the lines of marriage, um, an oath of loyalty to state or an oath of allegiance, uh, trade agreements and treaties, peace treaties, um, land buying contracts and employment contracts. So, so these are things, I mean, they, they, there's many of you I know that, that are probably married and, and entered into a covenant with your spouse and then you look and, and the president has to go in and has to take the oath of office, but that is a covenant that he makes to the country, uh, that he's got the country's best interest in mind, and that's what he's going to do. Now, uh, I'm not going to get into politics, and you can have your own ideas about that, and we can talk about that some other time uh, for sure. But but today, nevertheless, that's a covenant that is made in this day and time. You also look trade agreements. Well, you know that the United States will agree to trade X amount of material to this other country for uh, some kind of uh, of material that they've got or some kind of um, uh, thing that, that maybe we could use here in the States. Or, or even you think about how that you might have a company and you might trade out a certain amount of work and have a covenant or an agreement uh, with another company that if you do this work, they will give you this work back or do, do for you this favor. Um, then you look on into peace treaties. How many times have we heard of peace treaties, whether it was the uh, the Indian uh, reserva- or the Indian uh, Native American treaties uh, made back uh, years ago in the 1800s, and or you look at even the peace treaties that happen now, how you agree and you make a covenant one with another that you're not going to war with any, each other anymore. There's going to be peace between you two, and uh, there's going to be uh, whoever it is, each party from each side is going to be peaceful and have a peaceful relationship. And you put that into writing and you put that into a covenant with each other and you enter into that covenant. You look at employment contracts or land buying contracts even. And 
And land buying contracts, you've, you've got to sign certain things. You can talk to real estate agents and you can find a whole lot more out about land buying. But you have to sign all of these papers and agree on all of these things. And, and you have to keep those contracts, even employment contracts. When I've went into jobs and I've taken jobs before where I've had to go in and I've had to sign papers and agree to that company that uh, there were certain things that I would not do, like... Uh, you take a non-compete clause. Some places will have you sign that, and and uh, you look at that and you sign that, and that's a covenant with them that you're not going to do some kind of uh, some kind of work, some kind of thing that's going to take business from that company that you work for. That's a covenant you enter in with them. I mean, we make covenants every single day. Um, it's really astronomical the amount that we make, and we don't even realize that we do. Um, and honestly, if you sit back and you think in your life just a little bit and think of, uh, different things that you do and everybody's in a different place, everybody's not going to be like I am and do like I do, but we all have covenants that we've entered in at some point in time in our lives. You look at peace treaties and, and that's one that really interests me when we were studying about this and, uh, you look at peace treaties and you really dig into those things and you see say one country agrees with another country that um that they're going to uh, enter into a peace agreement and and enter into this treaty one with another and they're not going to war anymore what's the consequences of that if they break that covenant if they break that treaty and one with another it, number one it's probably going to end up in somebody dying number two it's going to go on into uh, unrest and political unrest and sometimes even civil unrest and and there's bad consequences when you break that covenant when that covenant's not kept there's never anything good that comes from it and and even if you look at at marriage you look at uh and you look at employment and land contracts all these different things i mean you you take marriage and and if you, the oath that you've made with your spouse and the promise you made in front of those witnesses that uh, you were going to take care of them in sickness and in health and the second one of them got sick, you up and left and went your own way. You've broken that covenant. You've broken that oath. And there's going to be parties left hurting. Same thing with employment. Same thing with with those land contracts. I mean, and and we can get in this and we can get bogged down in this for hours if we wanted to. But I do want us to look at this and to think about this just for a second, just to kind of put it in perspective. If you haven't noticed by now, I'm a little bit of a history buff. Now, I may not know a lot about it and be able to tell you dates and everything else, but I do enjoy reading and studying about history and about the things that have happened uh, in the past and especially American history and looking how We've got to the place that we are now. And we've heard a lot of times of Custer's last stand when uh, General Custer went out to battle and and uh, he was going to battle those Native Americans and, and they were out there and they fought. And you can even go to the battlefield and you can find the, the headstones where each one of those soldiers passed away and each one of those soldiers was, uh, uh, was killed in battle. And you can uh, go and you can see, and, and I've even heard people say that even there at that battlefield of Custer's last stand, you can see kind of how everything played out and how, how everything went. But if you look 
what happened was there was a treaty made and a treaty broken. And it led to a battle between those Native Americans, different tribes. I believe there was about three tribes come together and against that regiment and they come together and fought and battled in that place and ultimately led to pain, heartache, and, and death. And And you look at, at those soldiers that rode in, and I'm sure that they rode in thinking that some of them even that they were doing the right thing. What they didn't realize was somebody somewhere had broken a contract, had broken a covenant, had broken an oath with somebody else, and it left to pain and suffering and it left to negative consequences really for both sides. And that's the same thing in any covenant. If it is broken and we really want to drive this home, we really want us to get our minds wrapped around this. If a covenant is broken, somebody's going to hurt. Somebody's going to be in bad shape. Sometimes it may be both parties. Other times it may be one party, you know, but regardless, every time that there's a covenant broken, there's an oath broken, there's a treaty broken, there is pain, suffering. It's just somebody's going to come out uh, regardless in the bad. And let's go ahead and get into the meat a little bit and, and look at this. There are many promises made in the Bible. Um, but we're going to hone in today on on two main ones, two two main promises in the Bible, and two of those are a covenant and a testament. Now, as we were studying about covenants in the Bible, there's a term called covenant theology, and and I happened up on it, and it's really interesting. And it, and really, what it does is it lays out some of the covenants that God had made with the Jew and with the children of Israel, and and we're not going to go very deep in them, but we are going to look at each one of them. And I want you to just ask yourself if God kept the promise or if He didn't. Um, and and I want you just to to realize a few things as we go through and just kind of really look and try to pay attention um, maybe to what's going on here. But covenant theology really explains the relationship between God and humanity in terms divinely initiated, in in terms of divinely initiated covenants. And, and And they also structure the history of redemption revealed in Scripture. So, you're looking and and these the covenant theology that we're talking about really goes through and it it shows us God's intent toward humanity how that God has promised us some things that that he was going to do how God has uh, made promises not only to us but the children of Israel that he was going to handle some things for us and I love the fact that God took the time to make some promises to us. And the Bible also says it's impossible for God to lie, and we'll get into that a little deeper here in a moment. But the first one I want to look at is called the Noahic Covenant. It's in Genesis 9 concerning uh, 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 concerning the flood or post-flood, and, and it's the convening that God makes with Noah after the flood that promises that the earth would never be destroyed by a flood 
again. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 9, verses 8 through 13, And God spake unto Noah and to, the, and to his sons with them, with him, saying, And I, behold, I establish my covenant with you, and with your seed after you, and with every living creature that is with you, of the fowl of the cattle, and of every beast of the earth with you, from all that go out of the ark to every beast of the earth, and I will establish my covenant with you, neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood. Neither shall there be any uh, neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the token of the covenant which I made between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. So God made a promise with Noah and with mankind that he would never destroy the earth with a flood again. The Bible said in one place that he wouldn't destroy the earth with a flood again, but when the earth is destroyed this next time, it'll be destroyed by fire. One of these days he is coming back and he will destroy the earth with fire, with fervent heat, but it'll be after he returns and claims his bride and claims the church. But also... He made us a promise, and he also gave a token that we could look at the certain token and be reminded of God's promise. What is that token? It's the bow that he put in the sky. It's a rainbow. After the rains come through and you see the rainbow in the clouds, that rainbow is a promise of God. Now, there have been people in the world that have uh, tried to corrupt that and to make that something else. But the rainbow in the sky is a promise from God. And it's a token of his promise from God. It's, we can look at that and be reminded that he will never again destroy the earth with a flood. Another covenant we can look at is the Abrahamic covenant. And it's in Genesis chapter 12 and 15. And this covenant is uh, the covenant in which God promised Abraham a land and his seed to become a great nation, and promised him that he would bless him. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. So here we find that, uh, God has promised Abraham that his seed would continue on, that his seed would become a great nation, and that nation was the, the uh, nation of Israel. And God kept his promise to Abraham. We can look now, and even now, there is children of Israel still. There is still an uh, 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 Israel Israelites still around, even though they may not be considered a country right now, but there are still Israelites. There are still people that that are uh, that are have the Israel running in their veins. I guess I'll say it that way. Have have that at that bloodline. Well, that's a promise God made to Abraham, and God kept to Abraham. Then you look at the Mosaic Covenant in Exodus chapter nineteen, and and you can look at. Uh, all the way up to 24. And this is the covenant God establishes with the people of Israel at Mount Sinai after he led them out of Egyptian slavery. 
with that covenant, God supplies the law that is meant to govern and shape the people of Israel in the promised land. So not only uh, uh, maybe here is God promising them uh, maybe a, a way out, or has God, God promised them a way out of Israel, said or, or Egypt, said that he was going to get them out of Egypt. But he also promised them that uh, uh, that he would establish the people. And I want us to look at the scripture here. The Bible says, And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called him unto a mountain, called him unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Israel and of Jacob, And tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bare you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant. Then ye shall be a, a peculiar people, a peculiar treasure unto me, Above all people, for all the earth is mine, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Now, this covenant wasn't like the Noahic covenant, wasn't like the Abrahamic covenant. Those were promises made regardless of, of what those people would do, if you'd have it that way. Noahic covenant was made after the flood, and God promised Noah he'd never destroy the earth with a, uh, with a flood again, and that didn't have contingencies put on it. And then you look at the Abrahamic covenant, and the Lord told Abram that he would develop his seed. His seed would become a great nation, but he didn't put contingencies on it. But this is one right here in Exodus chapter 19, verses 3 through 6 we see that if the children of Israel would just cling to God and do what God had commanded them through the law, that they would be a peculiar people. They would be different. They would be set apart from the world, and they would be a holy nation. And if they didn't follow uh, maybe that covenant, then they would be retribution or punishment for it. God made a promise, said, if you keep my law, I'll do good by you. If you don't keep the law, there will be punishment come uh, to you. And, and and it was conditional and defined blessings and curses upon them. And those cur blessings and curses were based on obedience or disobedience. Then you look on and uh, then you see the Davidic covenant in 2 Samuel chapter number 7. And this is the covenant where God promises a descendant of David uh, to rule on the throne over the people of God. And he said, Go and tell my servant David, Thus saith the Lord, thou shalt, uh, shalt thou build me a house for me to dwell in. Whereas I have not dwelt in any house since the time that I brought up the children of Israel out of Egypt, even to this day. But I have walked in a tent and in a tabernacle and in all the places wherein I have walked with all the children of Israel spake I a word with any of the tribes of Israel whom I commanded to feed my people Israel saying, Why build ye me, not me a house of cedar? Now therefore shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheep coat from following the sheep to be a ruler over my people over Israel 
and I was with thee whithersoever thou wentest, and have cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight, and had, had made thee a great name, like unto the name of, a great, of great men that are in the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, that they may dwell in a place of their own, and move no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them any more, as before time, and as since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and have caused thee to rest from all thine enemies. Also the Lord telleth thee that he will make thee in house. And when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men, and with the stripes of the children of men. But my mercy shall not depart away from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away before thee, and thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. And that's 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 5 through 16. It was a promise that God was going to keep to David, that he would preserve his people, that he would preserve that holy nation. And I want us to look at the next one. And this is probably my favorite one. The New Covenant. Look at Luke chapter number 22, verse 20. It says, Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you. Behold, the, and this is in Jeremiah 31, 31 through 33. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. And the new covenant is the promise that God will forgive sin and restore fellowship with those whose hearts are turned toward him. Thank God for a new covenant made with his people. We're not depending on the law anymore. Jeremiah was prophesying and talking about the new covenant that would come, and that covenant entered in there as Jesus spoke in Luke chapter 22 and said, Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new testament in my blood, which is shed for you. The new covenant is contained in the blood of Jesus Christ. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin, and without the blood of Jesus Christ, there is no new covenant. This is the promise that he's made with his people, that he would take care of them, that he would forgive them, that his law would abide in their hearts all the day. And here we have, I think I've given you five covenants 
that God has given unto men. And there are more. There are more covenants for sure, but we just wanted to hit on these five. And God's made these promises and these covenants with man. And had God not kept his promise to Abram, we wouldn't have a Bible today. If God hadn't kept his promise that he would, uh, his seed would become a great nation, the Old Testament would have never came. Jesus would have never came because he came from the house, out of the house, and from the lineage of David. And without that, without that line, without the children of Israel being there, being in the word of God, had they never been developed and God had never kept that promise, we would be missing out today as the church. Had God not kept his promise to Noah that he would never destroy the earth again with a flood, I believe that the earth would have already been destroyed with a flood already. And you look at all of these covenants, time after time after time, God has kept his covenants. God has kept them. And if he hadn't kept the covenants and he had broken the covenants, there would have been pain, suffering, agony in some way, shape, form, or fashion that come from that. Now, I want us to look at a testament. Now, we could give you the definition of a testament, but instead of giving you what the dictionary says, we kind of want to explain it a different way. First thing I want us to do is look at our Bible. Our Bible contains two testaments, an Old and a New Testament divided in two. The reason they have those names is the Old Testament was looking towards something, or each testament is looking towards something, and, and they're looking uh, uh, toward different things. The Old Testament was looking for the Messiah to come. And the New Testament is not only the promise of his return, but it's the, pro the promise of his return to come get his children to come get the ones that has believed on him. That's what the New Testament is. And I want us to look here at the scripture in Hebrews chapter number 9, about the 15th verse. It says, And for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of an internal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also be the necessity of the de of necessity be the death of a testator. For a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Now we look at the first testament that we have, which is the uh, Mosaic covenant and what we read to you about the promise of the law and what the law would do, and if the children of Israel would keep the law of God, how he would bless them. And if they broke the law of God, 
that he would curse them. And the blood was shed, and there, there came forth death so that that testament, that promise could be fulfilled. And you look in life, how many, that word testament is familiar to us because of a living will and testament. When someone dies or before someone dies, they write out a will and a, te- a living will and testament, and, and it states what they want done with their body. And it, a, a lot of times, and also it takes their belongings, their inheritance, and it divides it up amongst the heirs and amongst their heirs. Now, there was an Old Testament. It was fulfilled that, mes- that the Messiah would come. But the New Testament is what we're looking toward now. And the New Testament there is uh, uh, maybe dedicated by blood of Jesus Christ. And we have hope and we have an inheritance now because of the death of Jesus Christ. Had, had there not been a death of Jesus Christ on the cross for our sins, the testament could not be fulfilled. And because Jesus Christ died on the cross, it, and we accept him and we believe on him, we can be heirs with God and join heirs with Christ. The day that we were saved, we were made heirs. We gained an inheritance. And because of the shedding of blood, because the death of Jesus took place on the cross, we were guaranteed that inheritance. Had Jesus Christ never died, we wouldn't have been able to inherit the things that we're going to inherit. There is an essential distinction between the two meanings of covenant and testament. And it's that in a testament, the testator expresses his will as to what shall be done after his death in respect to his property or, or, the co- and, and, or whatever uh, he might have. And then the covenant is an agreement between living persons as to what shall be done by them while living. God made these covenants. God is eternal. God will never die. He made a covenant with us, and he'll keep them. And you look at the other covenants that, that God would has made with us. And I love the New Testament. I love the testament God left with us that was dedicated by blood that we would have an inheritance. But I also love some of these covenants that God has made with us. He said he'd be with us always, even to the end. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He said he would fight for us. And I like this one. He said, if you have a broken heart and a contrite spirit, I will in no wise turn you away. And a lot of times we want to use that scripture and Think about people that are lost and don't know the Lord. But that scripture applies to any of us. 
If we need something from God, if you need to touch from God, if you need to be saved, if you need to touch from God right now, if you have a broken heart and a right spirit about you, and go unto the Lord and call out unto Him, He made you a promise that He wouldn't turn you away. Sometimes it's it's hard to get things out of your head and into your heart, but it's the truth that uh, uh, that truly, like, and we've said it a thousand times, that the flesh is enmity against God. If it's in your head, it's in the flesh. It's things that you're thinking of in the flesh. But you've got to get it out of your head and into your heart, into your soul, into your spirit, and then cry out unto God. I can talk out of my head all day long. But if I would talk out of my heart, it would make a difference. And I can truly get in touch with the Lord. And out of all these promises, and there are even more that we haven't talked about today, but out of all these promises that God has made, these covenants, the testaments, we expect Him and trust Him to keep them. And He promised us that He would. His Word is true. The Bible said His Word is true. And, it, and like we mentioned to you earlier, it is impossible for God to tell a lie. And we're going to look at a piece of Scripture that is my favorite verse in the Bible here in just a second. But I want us to think about some things. If God didn't keep the covenants that He made with us, if He didn't keep the new covenant, if He didn't keep the testament that He made that we would be heirs to an inheritance, and all of these things, where would we be? And subconsciously, we expect God to keep them, not even realizing that we do. Now, He's going to keep them. He made us those promises. He's going to keep those promises. But what if He didn't? What if God wasn't sovereign? What if God wasn't just? What if God wasn't truthful? There would be pain, agony, and suffering on our part. But the Bible said in 2 Peter verse 3 or chapter 3 verse 9 and the, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness but is long suffering to us were not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance the the verse we read to you here in your hearing it said the Lord is not slack concerning his promise if he makes a promise he's going to keep his promise And on the authority of God's word, we can believe that and we can know that. Then you can look in Deuteronomy chapter number 7 and verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him, and his commandments to a thousand generations. Boy, oh boy, my God is faithful. The promises that he's made me, he's going to be faithful to. The promises that he's made you, he will be faithful to. Everything that he's ever said he would do, every covenant that he's made, every promise that he's made, he is going to keep.
Now, I know this verse in Deuteronomy is speaking more towards those that keep his commandments and those that kept the law. But even today, we can know and understand that if we're saved by the grace of God and God has promised us something, he means it. He's going to stand by it. If God has promised you that your loved one's going to be saved, he meant it. If God has promised you that he's going to pull your loved one out of sin, he meant it. If God has promised you that he's going to take care of you and he's going to pull you out of whatever shape that you're in, he meant it. The Bible said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread. God made us a promise there he, that we would not have to go hungry. You don't have to go hungry. God is faithful. He will feed you. He will take care of you. You've got to trust him. And I want to kind of start landing the plane right here for this week's episode by saying this. Now, most of what we talked about today was laying a little bit of background, was laying the foundation a little bit for next week. But if we expect God to keep His covenants and promises to us, why can't we keep the promises we have made to Him and other Christians? If we expect God to abide by His Word and what He said to us, and we truly believe that. Why? Because out of all the things that he's done for us, why can't we keep the promises? Not only that we've made to him, oh, we've promised God, I'll get out of that scene and I'll never go back. Now, we need to try our very best not to go back. That's not saying that we never will, but it's saying that we're trying. If you try to keep your promise that you made to God, if you try to keep your promise that you made to other Christians, what a difference it would make. What a difference in our life. What a difference in our churches. And you might be thinking now, well, what in the world are those promises? I don't know that I've made any promises. Well, I hate to do this to you and leave you with a little bit of a cliffhanger, but I guess we'll find out what those promises are next week. Nevertheless, that's it today for the Level Ground Podcast. We're going to Uh, jump off of here right now and get everything ready for the next episode and hopefully we'll learn next week what exactly those promises are but thank you for tuning in tune in next week and until next time stay grounded my friends